0: Your presentation. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin.
1: Matt, are you ready to be milked?
0: Yeah, man. (laughs) Middle-aged men talking about teenage turtles. That sounds weirder than I meant it to be. But today, we are talking about Jeff Rose, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, uh, produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, but starring uh, a whole slew of people. I'm not even going to go through everyone. We'll talk about them as we um, do our review. But uh, this was a big day, as you saw. What with Eric's shirt, and um, and you know, I think we've talked at length about how much we love the nineties uh, Ninja Turtles movies. Uh, we were big uh, turtle heads when we were kids, turtle boys, <laughs> turtle boys, and uh, into our teens. And uh, I, I was obsessed with the Ninja Turtles as a kid. Um, you know, love the cartoon, loved the live action. Uh, movies from the 90s i remember having every variation of action figure with the like volleyball mikey and just like the most ridiculous kind of things that they would make that had nothing to do with the show i had the turtle van and the the sewer lair and all that kind of stuff when i was a kid so uh this movie was always on our radar because one uh, i love seth rogan and evan goldberg as producers especially in the last little while i love them as directors but after um, the dictator. They've kind of shifted over to just being producers on, on most. Well, and days. writers as well, and, right? Because they writers, are co-writers
1: yeah. on this. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, as, uh, but I, I'm, yeah, writers, but I mostly producers over the last uh, little while, and good producers. You know, a score by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, an art style that reminds you of kind of Spider Verse and and that kind of uh, style of animation that's really kind of been. Uh, In the zeitgeist and popular over the last little while, you have Jeff Rowe, who was the co-director of the Mitchells versus the machines, which I absolutely adore. And he was a writer on Gravity Falls and all these things. So like all these kind of dominoes were lined up for this kind of being easily the best turtles movie and, and you know, the nineties movies are nostalgic and have a special place in our heart. And I'm sure we'll talk about them a lot during this review. Um, but I think this was one of my most anticipated films of the year because of that. And that sounds kind of silly because of the track record with like turtles, you know, movies and lately especially, but, um, there are other animated film that came out that was not super great that sort of tied into those 90 movies, but uh, I'm pumped to talk about this. So we're going to do uh, initial brief uh, spoiler free thoughts just to kind of say like, did we like the movie? Should you go see it in theaters? And then we're immediately kind of going to go into a full review with a uh, full spoiler since the movie is now playing in cinemas. So you guys can go see it. It was a Wednesday release. So today, August 2nd, playing everywhere. Uh, if you guys want to go see it. So Eric, I'll kick it over to you since I've been talking and you're a big um, turtle boy as well. Uh, What did you think? I mean, you could talk about your history with the Ninja Turtles as well, but what did you think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mutant mayhem? Uh, Matt, well, I think it's the second
1: best uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie of 2023. The first being Blackberry uh, is the best turtle based film, Uh, but to be not to be the contrarian. I the animation style is incredible. It's it's grotesque, but in the most beautiful and defined kind of angular animation with that, that kind of hard edge style. And I believe it was Chris Miller or Phil Lord on Twitter that mentioned it kind of has like a claymation style. and It does. It, yeah. And as soon as he mentioned that, I remember what it was kind of look like to me there was an early 2000s uh, eddie murphy series called the pjs and it kind of looks a little bit like that where you have characters in an ultra a a hyper stylized realistic kind of world where everything is designed to kind of be almost off-putting uh to the point where i think younger children will love it and adults might be grossed out by it if they're not already fans of the universe and that's where the the difference between spider-verse and this kind of sort of deviates where spider-verse still is very much detailed in the, the, the the human designs and the characters and and the style but there's so much of 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 kind of a a variety going on in that movie where here everything kind of almost feels like it was dunked in the ooze before the movie began. And everything has a mutation quality onto itself. Just like even the way characters look, they almost the way that you see someone like bebop and rock steady, they they're so vividly designed that you can almost sense like a smell coming off of them. That's how, okay. well, that's how I think like strongly yeah, caricatured no, they are on the flip side of that. I think the story itself, which is co-written by Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen, um, in addition to uh, Benji Smith and uh, Dan Hernandez uh, with uh, Jeff Rowe, uh, the director of the film, all contributing, is that the script itself does feel very conventional in that kind of 80s Saturday morning cartoon way where it's trying to interject a modern feeling to it in the sense of it's, it's dealing the, 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 word acceptance comes up a lot. And I think, you know, not going into too much detail. Like I talked to my therapist about this all the time, where the idea of radical acceptance is trying to accept who you are as a person and not trying to change other people's minds. on based on who you are. You just have to be who you are. And if people don't accept you for who you are, then that's, that's their okay. loss. Yeah. You can't change other people's minds. And that's kind of where the, the themes of the plot are playing into it. And I do like that. It just, it does feel like you're bringing- It's pretty surface level. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, you know, when, when we've had Spider-Verse in the last couple of months, that really dives deep, not only into the psyche of, you know, Miles Morales, but into- What it means to be a superhero and losing your way and also the idea of elitism and gatekeeping and things like that. And it's able to integrate plot and exposition in a manner that doesn't feel like you're just being told it. Here Mm. there is a quality of you watching this movie and it feels like you're being told these are it's the more themes. of a kid's movie. Yeah. And that's
0: a very kid's movie thing, right? And without repeating anything that you said, I pretty much universally agree with everything that you said. I think it's a... Beautifully grotesque, uh, kind of animation style, and I'm so glad to see kind of the Spider Verse effect kind of bleed over into other franchises and other animation. Mind you, do I hope everything looks like Spider Verse in the next, you know, 10 years? I hope not. I hope it just gives people the freedom to kind of play around with animation. And this still is different enough. Well, you mentioned that claymation kind of style. I just, I love that they are learning from Spider Verse and not saying Spider Verse was the only. A- Animation movie to ever innovate, but like it really kicked off this kind of um, this slew of films that are kind of messing around with with hand drawn and different animation styles and blending them all together. So I kind of love to see that continue, especially in a franchise that I love, like Ninja Turtles. Um, I agree with you; the plot and story leaves a little bit to be desired. Like it is, it is more of a kids movie than something like Spider Verse or, or, or maybe even a Pixar movie, which does that balance very, very well. Like it tries to get those emotional beats. And I think for the most part they work, but to your points, they are just kind of telling you them and they are very surface level and kind of just like the, you know, uh, Cole's notes of a lot of these things and just make it very palatable for kind of children to get the message and things like that, which is, I think totally okay. This movie, uh, while it is for, People our age, because we're nostalgic for the Ninja Turtles, it is very much for a new generation. And and using that as a segue, I think things you didn't touch on that I think you probably agree with too. But I think the the performances are fantastic. Like the four kids that they cast as, uh, you know, Leo, Mikey, Raph, and and Donatello, like I think are fantastic. I think it feels modern. They feel like actually teenagers uh, that grew up like in. This era in 2023. Like, um, I, I just loved hanging out with them and hearing them kind of, you know, uh, chirp each other and go back and forth and really feel like brothers and like teenagers. And I thought that was so refreshing because, as much as I, you know, have loved other iterations of, of the turtles, it, um, they always, I don't know if they ever felt like teenage. No, they're usually <laughs> like, voiced or played yeah, by 30 right. to 40 year old men. Yeah. Josh Price, uh, I love you right? as, yeah. as
1: Raphael in, in the nineteen ninety version, but there's an authenticity and and there's more dimensions where it also feels less obnoxious when it's being delivered dialogue yeah. wise by, you know, it doesn't force.
0: Yeah. And it feels like, you know, that they just let these kids put themselves into this into their roles and kind of make it their own, but also bring a part of themselves into it. So I think that's the big standout for me is the the four kids playing and the four, turtles like are awesome to see together in this movie um i think the rest of the voice cast is amazing too like you have people like john cena ice cube um paul rudd introducing as mondo gecko (laughs) (laughs) um and uh, post malone maya rudolph like ayo Edabiri, who i love in the bear and, and things like that so i think the whole voice cast uh absolutely fantastic uh the music um Uh, I've been listening to the score a lot and I, I didn't, I want to see the movie again. So we'll wrap up the spoiler free thing because like I, I, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I did really vibe with this movie. Maybe it's a little simple, but I got to understand that it is a kid's movie, but there is a lot of really, really good stuff in there. Um, so at first, like I wasn't disappointed, but it left me like wanting a little bit more, but then ultimately I still, really enjoyed the movie and I've wanted to go see it again, which I think is a good sign. And I've been listening to the score and I'm like, man, I didn't really like, get into the music while I'm uh, while I was watching the movie and really went oh shit, this is Trent Reznor and, and Atticus Ross and like our screening was like a little distracting with people on their phone people be wild and out there <laughs> like I just like everyone needs to relax there's been um there's been a lot of people online are talking about this Barry Hertz just wrote an article for the globe and Mail that you can check out that kind of covers a lot of this stuff but we've talked about it too crazy yeah we we are on the front lines when it comes to talking about you know people wild and out in the movie theater theater but um, snapchat and talking yeah running amok tiktoks and just talking at full volume not even whispering so I will say I was a little annoyed and distracted for some of the screening or a lot of it. So I think that also might've come into play, but overall really like the movie. I do think you should go support this movie in theaters. Uh, I know it's another big franchise. It's not like paramount needs, you know, more money or anything, (laughs) but like I love supporting good animation and stuff like that. And I, and I do love the Ninja turtles. So I think from both of us, it is, I I think it's a recommend for me to go see it. I like, if we're going to, I will save scores to the end and scores don't really matter anyway but i do think you guys should go go see it before we get into not shows. my favorite candy bar scores um yeah really? no I, I like them when they're crumbled up in things that's i don't good. like eating the bar yeah like if you have a score mcflurry that shit slaps but like um a score bar you're a psychopath I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> at 1 a.m at like a
0: 7 11
1: yeah i, I just to give credit where credit's due, we we've already talked about it, but I think saying their names is really important here. Yes, so you yeah. have Nicholas uh, Cantu as Leonardo um, Brady noon uh, as Raphael, who is probably best known for the uh, mighty ducks game changers series. I remember okay. him from that. Uh, you have uh, Micah Abby as Donatello and uh, I believe it's uh shams samson shimon, shimon brown, brown, brown jr yeah. as as uh, mikey michelangelo all these kids they were they were adolescents when they were recording it i, I think some of them have um hip puberty or kind of gone into maturity sure. at this point but it, it really does make a, a difference when you're listening to these kids interact with each other and you know, when they're hard on Leonardo for being kind of a goof at times, it's both fun if you're not a Leonardo fan. And it's also great if you are, because you see somebody coming into their own shell. And then, you know, the other characters aren't as well developed. It does feel like if you were to single out like one character arc, it probably would be Leo's. And then second, it would be Master Splinter in a way, because the other part of the story maybe before we go into the, the to the the spoiler part of it is that it is kind of splinter getting over some of his prejudices and seeing mm-hmm. the character in a way that's more cantankerous than he's used to being in other adaptations of the eastman mm-hmm. and laird uh comics or even in um you know the films or tv shows so it's yeah it's just interesting how they play up Jackie Chan you know voicing this character who we've Known for so long, kind of being this sage rat who's very one with the world, almost kind of being the opposite here in a lot right. of ways,
0: being a little cynical yeah. and kind of and things like that. I will say the movie is very funny as well. Like I, I did laugh throughout the whole thing. I think there's some really good bits in the movie, um uh, Hollywood chris's and things like that. We'll get into <laughs> it, but like I, I, it's very. I think you guys should check it out. So we're gonna go into spoilers. uh If you haven't seen the movie. Bail out. Go see it. It is worth seeing in a theater um, and come back and listen to the spoiler discussion. And if you've already seen it, stick around. We're going to do spoilers. Okay. We don't need to specifically go into things. Now we can just talk freely um, about the movie. Um, I don't know if there's anything you want to tackle first or or that is in the spoiler kind of. um, Well, I mean, there's some interesting
1: decisions made with character interpretations versus original uh, the original text or the the, the cartoon or other um, adaptations that are unexpected, the way that I didn't know about, you know, Superfly not being, baxter stockman specifically because usually that's the transformation like yeah the that's what i always thought dr jekyll too, to right? mr hyde and
0: that is what it usually is right? yeah well at least in, no. in
1: in in the cartoon series it is because yeah. it's always like the jeff goldblum Brundlefly fly kind of thing where that's he why i always kind of liked
0: baxter stockman and he was always the first boss in um big apple 3am uh and the, that's a video game reference everyone so in the ninja turtles video game so like baxter stockman was always he was one of the first bosses if not the first boss or in the new york level um yeah that's interesting i i agree with you with some of the the way that they handle some of the villains and stuff like that with bebop and rocksteady and like where they end up if we're skipping right to the end of the movie and you know i think it was an interesting take to do the mutant mayhem and have that you know part of the whole storyline and make all the villains the for mutants that the turtles didn't know existed and stuff like that and you know i like ice cube as superfly like he's he is just ice cube (laughs) but like you know it's it's fun um and i like that whole kind of team of of mutants um i don't love if i'm gonna criticize some spoilery stuff and jump right to the ending like i'm fine with doing modern interpretations i'm not precious about any of these characters especially ninja turtles but like there's something to me that I'm like, I don't know wh- if I love where they leave the movie with everyone knowing about the turtles and they go to high school. And like a lot of these mutants like Bebop and Rocksteady, like living with the turtles in their in their lair, like with them, um, with Splinter and things like that. So and we know we're getting a spin-off, spin-off a, a Paramount Plus show as well as a sequel already announced to the movie. Hopefully this does well enough that they continue to do those things. But um, I don't, if I'm going to criticize a little bit more of the plot and the story, yes, it's simple, but that stuff all works. I think where they leave the turtles, I like the message of New York accepting them and stuff, but I would have preferred that they still kind of, I don't know. I I think it doesn't earn
1: that though. I think that that like, it reminded me a little bit of, when Sam Raimi's Spider-Man came out and it was at a time, obviously it was intentional with the film because the movie was already made. But when it was coming out post nine 11, you had the scene where the New Yorkers at one moment band together to help Spider-Man against the green goblin
0: mask back on and stuff. And there's a
1: similar sentiment here where you have people accepting you know, the four and, and splinter because the storyline is that splinter, you know, the, the, I think one of the great things about this movie that is also copying a little bit with like the Batman is that you're, you're not spending a whole lot of time on origin stories for the villains. Everything's already been established. You know, in quick that
0: exposition board. dump and then yeah so
1: 15 done. years before Baxter Stockman is creating the ooze and um, you know you have this uh, corporate entity that basically comes in and tries to take hold of everything and in doing so causes more of a problem and a lot of this muck ends up in the sewer and it um, changes or transforms the turtles and uh, Splinter and Splinter at one point tries to go up into the real world with the turtles and is rejected and you know chased like you know some horrible creature and is now living uh, in the margins of society and sort of cast uh, aside. And so, you know, that experience is very much like Homer Simpson going to New York that one time where uh, he never wanted to go again because the one time he went was a horrible uh, time. So you you have those elements all coming into play in terms of references and things like that. But um, where it goes in terms of just introducing all these characters, some of them, in this gang that Superfly has are villains, but then some of them are also allies. Like Ray fillet right. is a good guy in the right. um, cartoon and the same thing with Genghis uh, frog yeah, and, making, and, and yeah, Mondo Gecko, yeah. and And I think it's just ultimately like, some characters are more willing to kind of adapt and do their own thing. And then some people are more followers, where I think Bebop and Rocksteady are guys that could probably be
0: easily turned Turned into villains again in the next. Because one,
1: you have, I mean, the big spoiler at the end for the post credit scene is Shredder. But I also do think that there's another thing that is being set up that I-, I think it is obvious, but when you're watching it, maybe not so much. I think Maya Rudolph, who's voicing um, Cynthia, you uh, Neutron yeah. is Krang. I think yeah, that I it is yeah. the like it's the glasses that kind of gave it yeah, away.
0: Absolutely, absolutely thought the same thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So with with that, I think like when 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 Shredder does hit the scene, and that's what I was missing the most was that character. Even though he's he's one-dimensional, he is such a Shredder? Yeah, yeah he's such an important yeah. part of the turtle mythology and lore. And he's basically their version of the Joker. Like you always associate like the big bad. And that happens sometimes with these movies where it's like you save that character for a sequel, you know, with with Nolan's Dark Knight. Or I remember even Damon Lindelof saying that with with you know, with Khan, like that was always going to be the second movie, and that kind of feels like that's what they're doing here, where that's going to be the central focus. With you know the Foot Clan and Shredder kind of coming in and and cleaning up the things, and there will probably be a reveal of of Maya Rudolph as Krang to kind of maybe set up a third movie, or because they're always usually working together even though they don't have the same sort of goal or outcome in in the comic books and that'll also probably introduce casey jones at some point and and so a lot of those characters that maybe you're used to in other adaptations not being there can also hurt it a little bit um
0: but yeah i I mean i don't even think they're hiding the uh crank thing with Maya rudolph because if quickly like the utroms are the aliens where Krang is from. Yes, like that's the name the species. of them. So the species. So like, um, which I remember I, I, it was like, wait, that last name sounds so familiar. And then you go and it's, yeah, that's what their race is called. Right. So, um, that I don't even think they're kind of hiding and immediately with Lee with the glasses made me think the same thing while watching it. So, uh, but that'll be fun for kids or, or, or other people who don't, don't have deep turtle lore. <laughs> <laughs> so like it's that will be fun when that happens i think like as a big reveal that she's an alien and 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 stuff like that like i think that will be cool but yeah i agree with you that like you are missing the presence of of shredder i'm kind of glad they didn't use him in the first movie just because he is the villain in like mostly every ninja turtles thing um much like batman with the joker but like i'm kind of okay with saving him i do i do think that there are a little bit too many of the mutants on the villain side here with like you say taking some that were allies and making them villains in this one are sort of like followers like you said and then having your more kind of classic villains with you know baxter stockman and and, and uh which then superfly and bebop and rocksteady and stuff like that um but I, again, yeah, while I, I do think that left something to be desired a little bit, Story simple. It works. Um, and, and, okay. and Splinter
1: and, and Superfly being the flip side of the same coin where you have Splinter being someone who still resents um, humanity because of their prejudice and intolerance. Yeah. But he's protecting the turtles and keeping them away where Superfly is taking his gang and his family and being more on the offensive. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you have the offensive versus the defensive in terms of how the techniques are being treated. And then the turtles are kind of caught in the middle. And some of the, the, the people in Superfly's camp are also kind of followers, but maybe don't really want to do you know the the plan of of eradicating humanity as a whole yeah in yeah, order yeah. to be accepted so they're not totally bad <laughs> no 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 and and again in in the scumbag scumb- like. <laughs> scumbug Scumbug is great but also that's a gender flip because in in, yeah. in in the cartoon um it's a male character and this it's it's uh female and then uh roseanne burn uh, roseanne burn burn rose burn voices rose Byrne, yeah. um uh, leatherhead, leatherhead, uh, yeah. leatherneck, pardon me. Uh, old le- leatherhead, leatherhead. Why am I screwing yeah. up on these? Um, I'm overthinking Get your turtle
0: lore straight, bro. <laughs> I know.
1: Uh, and so in, in the cartoon, um, that character is male and also Cajun in this one. Uh, She's Australian. Australian. <laughs> um, and there's a weird steampunk thing that I'm not maybe the biggest fan of. And and I think the the weakness narratively in the story, besides it being kind of a, a more streamlined approach and playing it in a conventional manner, is that third act does fall into some of the tropes a lot of superhero movies do, where it kind of becomes, you know, a, a fist fight with a giant obstacle or entity which super him. fly becomes super super fly. So
0: yeah. No, I agree with that. It becomes kind of smashy, smashy. got to save New York because yeah. the giant thing is going to destroy everything, which is fine. But again, like, uh, you know, they played it a little safe when it comes to all of that stuff, but where they didn't was kind of that gross stuff with like, I liked, you know, I like Ayo Etabiri as, as April O'Neil. Like I like her as this um teenager who's also trying to make it on you know wants to be a newscaster wants to be a journalist and like uh her breaking her first big story with the turtles and the the throwing up on camera is funny and adds to the grossness of the movie and um scumbug is very gross and, and i love that scumbag uh, scumbag scumbag oh, <laughs> scum- who's who's having scum- turtle problems now <laughs> uh, um scumbug is credited uh under himself or herself, I guess it says, I think it's, uh, there it says himself, but um, that would be interesting. Uh, and then introducing Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko is just a funny thing as well. Humans and I, have I got to go. To, shout out to Paul Rudd, just a national treasure, just amazing as Mondo Gecko. He would have um, probably
1: been a turtle like in his like early days. Like if he was in his twenties yeah. and they were casting, a, a new movie or doing an animated film, whether it be live action or animated, he probably would have been a voice. Like he's got that surfer dude. He's got big like Wednesday
0: a Leo thing. or a Don. Vibe I was going to say
1: Mikey know. even like he's really? kind of got like a party dude vibe. I think Mondo I is a that, party dude kind of. Character. I
0: agree, but I don't, not the same as, as Mikey almost like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Because Donnie's
1: like, too, Donnie's too nerdy, nerdy and, weird and Corey Feldman-esque.
0: <laughs> Paul Rudd can do all of that though, right? Oh, like, he, can. he can, he can, can that, but I, but I that. think
1: he's better at kind of playing the chillax surfer. He's guy. great as
0: Mondo. Oh, Mondo Gecko is amazing in this. Yeah. I love Post Malone as Ray Filet. Just keeps saying his name. Um, you know who else have we left out here john cena's rocksteady is fine i mean it's p- kind of perfect. well most this of these
1: characters cena, don't have like, many lines to uh, begin with yeah. it's basically one or two and that's where Roseburg the Roseburg. stunt casting aspect of it comes in where you have people that have worked with seth rogan and evan goldberg before and it's kind of like oh can you come in and you know record a couple lines for this the, the kids will love it and john cena will never say no to children so things like that where it kind of feels like okay you know, you have these big names, but they don't and really they don't have, have much to do, to do much.
0: Yeah. Which is still part of the fun. Like I'm, I'm excited to see who they bring in for the, for the next one or who to do shredder and, and stuff like that. And so, I like the divide between um,
1: April and the turtles in that, like that reporter aspect of, okay, is she going to use them simply for her break, big break, or is she going to really help them? And, and she's very honest with, Like, yeah, they they saved her life during a Chop Shop showdown, but... There's this element of her talking about, like, okay, well, if I had just met you randomly on the street and this didn't happen, I would still be terrified of you. You know, yeah. it, it takes time for people to adjust to something new, and, and change is a scary thing for people, especially when they're afraid of something they don't know. And that's where fear and intolerance and hatred comes from. And so her being honest with them up front and saying, like, yeah, like, you guys are a little weird, but because, you know, you, saved me or helped me like there was there's there's a bond there and she can have that very candid conversation with them early on which does establish a fast friendship and and i think with that it kind of helps a little bit with understanding that okay there are people in this world that might be afraid. But once you get to know somebody that fear goes away and you know, there's also just some interesting choices with the animation where you do see, you know, them watching a movie and it's Ferris Bueller's day off and it's, and it's the live action version. So I wonder how that works in this universe. So if they film something, I love that. I love that. You know, is it, is it, is it, it real world? Does it become something real on the screen? And
0: you could play around with that more too, right? Like, I think that could be really fun and like, um, yeah, there's a sequence where they go and they're watching Ferris Bueller like in a in a park kind of area. There's the Chris's joke, which I thought was <laughs> really f- – I couldn't stop laughing at the it. The cardboard like, cutouts of the three Chris's. Yeah, uh, uh, which is – just was so jarring and funny to me. Like even though we had the Ferris Bueller bit earlier, which isn't like a funny moment. It's just they're watching – Ferris Bueller in the park and you're like oh that's interesting they're showing like the actual footage from the movie and we do get clips from um, other films and different things throughout the movie in, in montages when we're seeing training a uh, splinter is background and, and stuff like well splinter having um, no background I think is yeah, also another interesting true, yeah. thing
1: where usually in he was
0: just a shitty rat <laughs> Yeah,
1: usually in that's the funny. lore it's it's based on he studies from his master in his cage or he actually was human at one point and transforms into a giant rat this is just literally the 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 first idea he had was i'm gonna learn jujitsu through youtube
0: videos we gotta protect ourselves because yeah. humans will think we're freaks but it's yeah, gonna be so scored like, to push it to the limit from scarface yeah it's amazing it's great it's awesome like the vibe of this movie is really really fun and just like it has if Seth Rogen's good at something, he's good at vibes. And like yeah. he just can. He's a good kind of. He's a perfect producer because I think he's just uh, well, not entirely. Well, not perfect. Sorry. Because no Cobweb came like, out a couple oh, of weeks I heard ago. You, did you go see? I it? did. Yeah. I saw this at Ajax, uh,
1: the Cineplex in Ajax, because it was the only place in Durham. It's it was tangent playing.
0: time. <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: I just find it very no, fascinating just, watching. TMNT and seeing the Gray Point logo, which is uh, yeah. Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen's production company uh, with Turtles, and then
0: seeing usually it. having a pretty good track record. Yeah, like, and usually you know what? I'm not saying not well, perfect. No, Cobwebs but, like,
1: not a bad movie. I think without getting into spoilers on that, there are things where I understand why. Maybe there wouldn't be that much attention to it. It's it's not because the movie's bad per se. It just kind of feels a little bit derivative of some stuff that's come out recently, where you kind of feel like, oh, maybe that's the reason why. But but when you have their names on it as producers, not just simply executive producers and their production company, and people like Anthony Starr and Lizzie Kaplan in lead roles, it, it just it's so strange because it's. It's one of those films I think that's going to have more mystique now because it kind of got buried at a time when Barbie and Oppenheimer were coming out, and
0: it's Probably not pop up on streaming. And yeah, and it's it
1: not something. that good of a movie to be like, "Oh, have you seen this forgotten <laughs> yeah. classic or lost film?" But it but is also a, not bad enough because the biggest problem with that movie, where this movie doesn't have that problem per se, or maybe it does a little bit. Actually, I think it does have the same problem. So with Cob- Cobweb, the biggest problem I had with that movie is that the tone of the script is much more campier and it's kind of playing up almost a fun warped morbid kind of style in the way of something like uh, Bob Balaban's parents from the 1980s. But then the, the direction of the movie is more slick and refined and almost like it wants to be a David Fincher film, you know, kind of elevating the pulp of which the material is, is based on. And that's where I felt a little bit with this, where, the animation it's the reverse of this. The animation is incredible. It's, it's, it's its own thing, even though it is understandable to compare it to spider verse, but it still is very much defined in its own way. And, and has almost like, a, a, it, it does feel a little bit like they took inspiration from garbage pail kids specifically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with the script in this case, it does feel like the script is aiming for more, in terms of social commentary, uh, emotional uh, depth, but it never reaches those heights the way that Spider-Verse does. And I think if this movie came out in a year where Spider-Verse wasn't a release, I might like it even yeah, more. And I think they're, that they're hurts wrong. it a little yeah. bit, too.
0: I agree. Like, I know they're doing different things and like we said maybe it's not necessarily trying to do the exact same stuff i will say like in that but they're both superhero movies right and they're both they're both selling ip with similar art styles and stuff like that i get all of that you're no doubt you're going to compare them spider verse was only a couple months ago right so like it 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 both helps it and hurts it. If that makes sense, like helps it maybe going, Oh shit, the new turtles movie kind of looks like spider verse. And then you go and see it and you're like, okay, it is more of a kid's movie or for like hardcore fans. It's not necessarily going to break through. I think to like the, the masses like, barbenheimer did or spider verse did even like i don't know if turtles are on that level like what i i i do hope that you know any kids that are remotely interested in this do go see it and i hope they enjoy it but like you know even me as a long time turtles fan like i even in that last act as generic as it kind of is with the smashy smashy kaiju new york thing like i did going back to you know what's great about this movie and those and and the four kids as these individual Turtles who are both trying to find themselves, find their place in this world, uh, find themselves as a team and as brothers. Like, I do think that all comes together really nicely. And like, even if they, it, again, it is kind of obvious of like, you know, each turtles, you know, you know color corresponds to their personality and then that personality matches to their fighting style or the way that they all kind of work together and you see that in that last fight right with like each turtle using their strengths to work together to save new york and like something we've seen a million times before but like specifically with the turtles like they all have these very specific personalities and seeing them all come together like that i think still was very satisfying as a longtime fan so like I ultimately yeah like really had a good time with this laughed consistently um you know I think my only disappointment was going man I kind of wanted a little bit more from from it like because of spider-verse probably like the expectations are higher but then I go that it's a ninja turtles movie and I'm like but the people involved though I do think also yeah they
1: these people are all in their late 30s 40s and they grew up with sure the this as children as well and and you think that they're going to put in a little bit more care when you're watching that 1990 1990- film you realize that these are people that are you know taking something that's popular that's trendy of the time and trying to capitalize on it as much as possible because it was it was in the zeitgeist in that moment in the late 80s into the early 90s where you know the people that are now in control of it are the people that grew up on it so you you think that there's going to be more care and and in, in a but way that there, to, is, there, there is, but it's the, like, yeah, it's again surface level, it doesn't go it deep is, enough it's, into that sewer it's to really get to st-
0: the rat shit. <laughs> still a kids' movie. Um, one thing before we go, uh, Eric, you can jump in too, but I said I didn't like them going to high school. The one thing I do like about that are their kind of their, their fits, their outfits. Like, I do kind of like that there's the way they dress going to school matches their like personality and the colors like that kind of stuff i'm like that is really cool and if this was to actually happen sure no one in new york's gonna let four giant mutant turtles go to their high school i'm sorry hey Even man say, in the
1: rule book it doesn't uh, say that a dog can't play basketball sure. why can't turtles <laughs> yeah. go, go to, to school, school?
0: <laughs> yeah i understand as someone who's gonna go back to school as a 30 something year old and feel like i'm gonna be looked at like a freak but um, uh you're not it's just i know just like the turtles won't be looked at like that right like april helps them through and 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 stuff like that so um i do like how they all kind of have their individual personalities leo looking like a dork with his fucking tucked in golf shirt going to school i'm like i love leo but like i'm like bro but i'm like it matches who you are man and like i love how each of them um kind of make their way to school and then the shredder reveal is kind of like fun so like i'm glad that they saved him for the second one so anything else uh before we can talk about turtles in general before we go yeah i mean this has already been a fun
1: turtle talk conversation our first official turtle talk uh tiff talk
0: coming soon but turtle talk coming first um
1: yeah it's it's just nice to kind of revisit these characters and the strongest stuff in the movie is just hanging out with the four and seeing them talk about their insecurities and also trying to you know break curfew as they're hanging out at night on rooftops and do their own thing but also you know, try to integrate more into society and wanting to be accepted, but still being rejected. And you're always going to have people that will both reject and accept you. It's not going to be 100% one way or another, but even their reasoning feels valid in in the sense of being an adolescent or a teenager and and that sort of plan to come up with a way to figure things out. And just having, again, like that parallel uh, line between Splinter and Superfly and, and how, you know, the Turtles could have easily gone the way of, you know, being on the offensive side of things and not be kind of more defensive and sort of remaining hidden in the shadows. And, you know, their ultimate decision to do the right thing and and proving even to Splinter that, you know, not all human beings are bad. You you had a bad experience and nobody's ever going to take that away from you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're, that everybody's horrible and and April's a great example of of that where you know she came to know the turtles as individuals and you know is someone that can support them and and, and those fears dissipate because she got to know them as who they are as 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 these you know four heroes in a half shell and so that kind of stuff is is very nice it's very sweet i think kids will love that stuff they'll love the animation in particular it's so gross it's 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 like if you were if you were a kid growing up in the late 80s early 90s 90s and you saw those animated characters you know in the cartoon i can't imagine how exciting it must be for you know a six to 10 year old watching these movies now or this movie now and being like, Oh my God, I got to buy scumbug and Mondo Gecko and all these I froze again, things. didn't I? You did,
0: you did. I God, my video is going to be fucked again. Why is it always around the forty minute mark? And it's weird and so that it's like, happening
1: on your side of things and not mine because usually I have a pretty
0: bad internet where I where I am. But it's like it hits thirty eight. No, if you're watching, if you're listening to the audio, the last couple episodes, this doesn't matter at all. But like the last couple times we've recorded. Um, you almost I, you're you, paused. You look like you're just giving. I, yeah, oh, now I you're am. back. Okay. But you look yeah, like know, you were just which, giving up. But once. the video, the video will be messed now. And <laughs> yeah. this makes my job so much, much harder. harder. And yeah. it was exactly at the 38 minute mark, I think, during our Haunted Mansion review where I turned into the Matbox box ghost. But um, sorry to interrupt you, Eric. No, I no, no, no.
1: Yeah, we, yeah. So we've been having some technical
0: issues. We're At, looking into other places is, we'll instead of ZenCaster. Um, but yeah, it's just they've served us well. It's just lately for some reason, yeah. It's almost like when I click over to another window. You or sound like the Emperor gosh? from Star Wars, like Emperor Palpatine. They've served us well, <laughs> <laughs> but it is time execute orders sixty six <laughs> uh, <laughs> on ZenCaster. Um, I will say, um. I love Ninja Turtles becoming like a kids' franchise is interesting because the original comic book was a little darker, wasn't it? Well, it like, was but, just, but it that's also it was interesting for kids, but it was like it wasn't, it wasn't. Was it? So it was yeah. so
1: the idea was that it was it it was more violent. Like you, yeah. like people would actually, if you like hit somebody in the face, there would be a cut or blood would come out, things like that.
0: Like Leo would use his swords to actually hurt people, not yeah, necessarily. But like, I'm
1: glad you brought that up because when that comic book was made, when when Eastman and Laird created it, it was it was a parody. It was a it was it was basically like the equivalent of Austin Powers or RoboCop. It was all about the satire of comic books at that time and being kind of subversive and dark and kind of poking fun at it. But then when it became a cartoon, that kind of goes above the head of a lot of kids and you're going to see the kids take it more literally and enjoy it for the goofy characters and you know the 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 childish humor and then when you got into you know after the 90s live action movies it kind of went dark again and that horrible I think it was 2007 or 2008 uh movie with um Chris Evans as Casey Jones, voices, who voices Casey Jones, that movie is and bad. Sarah Michelle yeah. Gellar as April O'Neil, is terrible. But they went for – and Nolan North, I think, is one of the Turtles. Um, they went for like a darker, grittier version where this has moments where it's not afraid to kind of show a little bit of violence, but it's not – trying to emulate the dark Knight or something like that it's it's its own kind of style but yeah it's just fascinating the trajectory of it of um the narrative tone throughout the course of all of these versions of turtles throughout the decades
0: um yeah i never really read the original comics i got into it through the 90s uh animated series uh, um was my introduction and the video games like my history with turtles i'm gonna give the movie a four out of five just before we move on i really did enjoy it um that easily could have went down to a three and a half but um but could go up to a four and a half if i see it again and go you know what i really vibed with this i understand that it is simple but i um I did really enjoy it, so I'm going to give it a four out of five before I move on to other turtle talk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half out of
1: five. I still really enjoyed the movie, but I think I need to see it again to appreciate it. I just felt that the conventional aspects really started to move in, especially in that late second to third act. Um, And there are some things where I, I did find... The Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross score not as visible the first time around. The most noticeable is with Splinter, where a lot of- I just of, don't know if
0: it was like the mix in that theater too. Maybe. like I'm listening to the score and I'm like, the score, there's a lot of it. Like, I just didn't hear it a lot. And well, What you hear are a lot of, of the 90s hip hop
1: songs or the 80s movie montage songs, right? Like, that's the stuff that kind of is, is more clear, where when- the the resner raw score comes out the most is when you have like splinter uh recalling back to um you know his trauma in the past you know that's where it's most notable where that synth kind of begins to simmer
0: um so the video games like ninja turtles turtles in time for the super nintendo i was obsessed with that game still love it um Even more recently, um, there's been some really good uh, Ninja Turtles games. They announced that they're making a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Last Ronin video game. Um, And if people don't know what The Last Ronin is and you're a Turtles fan, I'm sure maybe you do if you've gotten this far. But if you don't, you should... um, pick it up, whether it's from the library, it's on Kindle unlimited right now too. So if you have like an iPad or something, 30 day free trial of Kindle unlimited up from Amazon and you could read the whole thing for free. Um, it's awesome. It's like a set in a, in a future where, um, just to give you guys a synopsis. Cause I w- I was obsessed with this when it was first coming out. I'm going to read the whole thing now. Cause I don't even, it, it was coming out so sporadically that I like missed the last little bit of it so like it it this seeing this movie reminded me that i wanted to go back and finish it like comics are weird for me lately where when they come out monthly and sometimes they get delayed and and i forget what the last issue was so like i like waiting until the whole thing is out now and the whole thing is out for last ronin and has been and they're doing another prequel one later anyways story it's in the future. It's like a desolate kind of post-apocalyptic sort of world. Um, and there's only one turtle that survived. The other three are dead. Um, and he wears just a, a non-colored um, uh, a mask at this point, And then uses all of the weapons from the four turtles. And you don't know in the comic what turtle it is until like it's revealed later, like which one of them survived and, and how the other ones died and things like that. Um, it's dark. It's, it's, it goes back to that kind of darker tone of the original. It's from Eastman and it's Eastman and Laird, right? Like, um, and, uh, it's from them. So they returned for this and, uh, they're making it into a video game, which is going to be awesome. I think. Um, but if you haven't read it, um, I don't know if it ends great. I'm, I hope it does. I I have to read the last little bit, but I'm going to reread the whole um, run because um, it was awesome what I read of it and some of the reveals and things, and it is darker. So if you're like our age and you're still a Turtles fan, like it is more of an adult, not like it's super mature or or anything of like really violent, but it does have uh, a little bit more of that. But it's a cool vibe too in a much different way. So um, I highly suggest go read The Last Ronin and the video game should be really dope. Um, That's just what I'm going to end it on. I don't know if there's anything else, Eric, from your turtle history that you want to bring up. No, not really. I mean, it's just, it's
1: nice to revisit, uh, you know, the characters and hang out with them again in this new version. And um, weirdly, even though I I, I was kind of mixed positive, I am actually very much excited for a sequel where I think like a sequel could be, actually better in this case. Like it feels like this is a movie that's almost like testing the waters and to see kind of what this could be moving forward, even though they, they have a plan, but it, it, it there's, there's a lot of potential there where I think a sequel could improve what has already been established now um, in a, in a very exciting manner. So, yeah.
0: Cool. Well, thank you all for joining us on this turtle adventure. I, um, we will be back soon with not Turtle Talk until probably the next Ninja Turtles um, movie or Paramount Plus show. That is a show that I will probably watch on Paramount Plus. Um, not like the Knuckles show. Did we need a Knuckles show? <laughs> like I love Knuckles. I was obsessed with Knuckles when I was another thing. That, but it's popular, man. This, those I Sonic know, films are big. Hey, I want them to prove me wrong. I'll check out the Knuckles show with Idris Elba and we'll see. But i don't know um we'll have uh tiff talk Uh, the untitled movie podcast will return next week i promise i know i've been promising that for a while i just haven't been in the right headspace or or we haven't we've been focusing on reviews and we didn't want to overwhelm and and or anything but with tiff and tiff coming up in september um you know matt and eric got to talk about all the announcements so Tiff talk will return next week for an episode of the untitled movie podcast where we'll cover all of the announcements from Tiff, the opening night film, the special presentations, the galas, the docs, the midnight madness is being announced soon. So like we're going to cover it all in, uh, Basically, like almost like a big TIFF preview. I'm sure there'll be other things that are announced after we do that episode, but, <laughs> um, or right after or something like that. And then, uh, we'll be covering the festival, which should be, um, fun. It'll be a little different this year. I kind of dropped a hint that I am, uh, I'm going back to school in September. Like Rodney right Dangerfield. As- yeah. Um, that's how I'll feel. Um, and, uh, So it should be just bare. We'll we'll still get all of our reviews out, and I might just not see as much this year, but we we still will have, you know, between ten and twenty reviews during TIFF this year. I'd say Um, anywhere in between those. So they might be like last year and with Sundance, where they trickle out after the festival as well, and hopefully we get to pre-screen some stuff. But I'm excited for. Uh, the festival again. It's my favorite time of the year. So.
1: And we have uh, photographer uh, and friend Mike Munts uh, joining yeah, us. Yeah, so this we should year. have
0: some interesting photos. Like Mike's gonna <laughs> interesting um photos. I don't know who the hell's gonna be there. That's what I mean. Like it's just like who's coming? I don't I don't know what the strikes on right now. Like I, uh, no, I just thought you meant like you and me within. being like interesting <laughs> <Just me>. photos <laughs> just us Just in front of every movie like um, thumbs up or thumbs down. Uh, so yeah, Mike will be joining us and um, helping us with some probably making some cover art with those photos and stuff like that. We'll see how it all goes. But um, anyways, thank you all for listening. Check out our, um, our letterboxd, which is untitled underscore movies. Um, you can also find you know us on all those social medias like x and threads and i'm calling it twitter on twitter threads mine just updated Um, to x and it's disgusting it sucks yeah sucks with an x (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and then uh you can follow me on all those social medias at matt Roarbeck. i'm eric march and you can find more of my video reviews on
1: rogerstv.com cinema scene and on all the social medias on em6211 uh
0: until next time
1: it's not danny anymore dad It's just Dan...